Spotify friends, how's it going? Zig coming in at the top of the interview. Today on the show we have Avery Mandeville of the band Little Hag. Um, now, Avery came to my attention from my interview with Glenn Morrow, who is the owner of Bar None, which Little Hag is signed to. And if you listen back to the interview, you can hear us talk about Little Hag a little bit. Her new album, Whatever Happened to Avery Jane, is out now on all streaming platforms, and I'm a fan of it. What's so rad about it is here we have someone who is a good songwriter with an original voice coming in with this DIY punk rock real deal attitude. It's nothing but cool stuff, and I can't recommend you guys check it out enough. During the conversation, unbeknownst, we kind of go down this like um, open mic um, conversation, and it keeps coming in and out of things relating to hosting and being in an open mic night. And it was a really cool reminder for myself because that's where I got my start. That's where I met George, who, if you listen back, George Hartwig, a couple episodes back, that's when I started playing music. The mic night is a real deal community builder and confidence builder and spirit builder. So it was really interesting to have a conversation that kind of wove in and out of that. And that's kind of what happened with this. And I... I don't know if it's just a New Jersey thing, but I've noticed with both my conversations with friends from new, new friends now from New Jersey, we weave in and out of a point on on but like not planned. So before we get to the interview, we're going to listen to a tune off um, Avery's new record. This is Tetris by Little Hag off Whatever Happened to Avery Jane.
Tetris by Little Hag. It's catchy, right? It's catchy. It's a short but catchy song. Um, and we get it more into it within the interview. Um, okay, before we get any further, this podcast is mixed by Studio 44, Studio 44 CLE. If you have any audio needs, go to Studio 4 CLE. They can help you with audio mixing, recording. If you need a band, Jay from Studio 44 can be your band. What? Yeah, figure that one out. I don't know. Super talented dude can make anything work. Um, streaming, video work, that's the place you want to go. Studio 44 CLE, if you go to Studio 44 CLE on the Facebook and stuff, or Studio 44 CLE at the gmail.coms. Um, also, while you're at that, if you want to rate, review, subscribe, um, comment, uh, the podcast and all the podcasting platforms like YouTube. We're also on Instagram and Twitter and the, 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 the nine yards now. That helps me talk to cool people and keep sharing awesome conversations like this one. So without further ado, here's Avery Mandeville from Little Hag. All right. So um, I dig the record a lot. The new record you put out with um, with Bar None, which I guess is Thank a, you. It's a collaboration, right? Or not a collaboration. It's a it's an amalgamation of a bunch of singles you put out. Yeah, it's um, it's some old stuff and some new stuff. Um, most of it had already been released um, under just my 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 human name when I, when I was just going by Avery Mandeville before we kind of transitioned into being Little Hag and doing the band thing. Um, so yeah, it's kind of the 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 time span on those songs range from you know like two thousand. 10 to 2020 so gotcha yeah is it was it all done like diy do you guys record most of those on your own or were you going through other places um it was it was kind of all over the place some of those were some of the songs were recorded you know in friends houses and friends attics um and kitchens and such some of them were done you know in in real studios and yeah so it's i mean it is sort of a diy project but um the the places where everything was recorded varies kind of greatly because it, it, those were recorded over many years yeah what'd you record in the kitchen um Al- the song alexander which oh, is like okay. a an acoustic yeah that's one a, that's a deep it was song. like it yeah but it was just in my friends like my friend has a really small or used to have a really small apartment and it was like in the little walkway between the kitchen and the dining room was like where we wound up setting up. <laughs> nice. Um, Kitchens get kind of yeah. cool sound. They're spacious. They got usually tile or wood floor. I don't know. It's reflective. Yeah, I mean, I like anything that sounds like real to the space. Um, I was just working on some some new stuff the other day with my boyfriend that we were, um, you know, setting me up playing closer to the mic, setting me up far, farther across the room and just seeing what felt better. And I feel like hearing the room always adds something, adds that element that I like, I really like about, about other, other artists, you know? Yeah. What did you find you liked better uh, with what you were doing? Was it closer or further away that really brought out the sound? Further away. I think, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I like when things sound real you know like and i think i've spent a lot of time like maybe trying to make my music trying to trying to remove that element from music because it's not 
you know, as professional maybe, yeah. you know, to have like, you know, some some little banter bits that the mic caught before or after a take. Like, you know, I've always cut them out. And I think as time goes on, I want to leave more of them in um, and kind of capture like that energy because that's what makes music fun, you know? Yeah, well, that makes it live to some degree. It's a living thing, you know, when right. you're... Um... When you're when you're doing it in front of a stage of of, of maybe a, a hundred people or two people, you you got that random fuck or whatever it gets mm -hmm. caught on the mic, and that makes it that makes the it makes it a joint thing. Like we're here together. And, yeah. But that's awesome. You on the mm -hmm. on the recent record there, that's that falls in and out of some tunes. Um, I'm trying to think. It's like at the beginning of a the third song, or maybe it's at the end of it. Where like you, it was like sounds like this is a waste of time. <laughs> like yeah, <laughs> yeah, so um, yeah. I think that's the Facebook song. The Facebook yeah. song. Yeah, that was a. Oh, there's so many. Oh, your record. This record is so catchy. Like I did an interview with Glenn, Thank you. and like, um, at the end of it, I'm like, do you have anyone who would you know endure me yakking at them for a bit? And um, he threw your name out, and I'm like, oh, that sounds awesome. And um, so I've been like I, in the email. I said I was spinning the record. And I'm like, this is super fucking catchy. But um, not to leave the point. Well, thank you. Ron, um, so with this new stuff, you're trying in different spaces, and you're trying to capture this more real tone to it. Is um, but I think you're you're like general like um, like you come off you you're appealing in the sense that you are very like approachable. You, it doesn't seem like you're you're putting anything up like on your on your media or even just the like on the record or how it sounds it sounds yeah. very much honest and to who you are which makes it super appealing yeah. like even with how you sing you have this cool vibrato which i don't think that sounds like it's a natural thing that doesn't sound like i don't think someone would be like i'm going to be super hip and like have this cool <laughs> sound like and if they did it wouldn't yeah. come out as elegantly or smoothly as it does with you like it's very tasteful but it seems like it's just something you do is that true oh yeah i mean yeah that vibrato thing is sort of um believe it or not it's not the vibrato has gotten less strong over the years and that's sort of been a conscious thing because i think when i first started singing you know like in middle school or something i sounded like a total goat like I would just go full goat on them, like yeah. really hard with the vibrato. <laughs> so I think, I think that just came out of like me not having proper singing yeah. form ever. Like I've taken a couple lessons here and there, um, but like I know that I don't really technically sing correctly. So I'm sure that's like part of it. But yeah, that's just that's just how I sing and how it comes out. Um, but I appreciate what you're saying about how the music sounds real because I think that's like my ultimate goal is to like be as authentic to my my feelings and you know the the way the way I want things to come off yeah um as as possible and I'm glad that that you know made its way into those songs despite the fact that they're all like kind of from different eras of my life and different places and all that so I, and that's something I'm looking forward to with the new record um that vibe with a more kind of unified nature just because the songs were recorded around the same time. Gotcha. So the next the next one's going to be a more car, like congruent series of events where 
This is like yeah, I think yeah. so. Okay, cool. Yeah, I think so. Was it uh? So uh, do you like kind of not to leave the vocal uh thought for a second? Do you feel that? Like, do you like physically feel like uh like um? I'm trying to find it. Like when you're singing, do you feel the vibrato or does it just come out? You're like I I can't. Um... I just it's just there. Yeah, I mean, it's not, like, something I can really control. Yeah. I notice that, like, if I'm kind of nervous or if I'm, like, struggling a little bit, I think I, I do it a little more. Like, it's more, like, if I can't hear myself singing, so I'm mm. pushing it, I'll, like, listen back and be like, oh, yeah, like, I was kind of pushing it a little too hard, so it sounds more vibrato-y. I think when I'm more relaxed, yeah. um, it's it's a little bit more toned down. Okay. Um, Try. I kind of like. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't really like consider it um, when I'm like writing or performing until like it's actually the performance is actually happening or like the recording is actually happening, yeah. and I'm like, okay, which in which moments do I want to give a little more, and which moments do I want to hold back? Gotcha. And that makes more you sense. Know? Like the more you've done, you would do music, and the more you would sing and make music, you'd gain control of when you want to express yourself it, it, it for any musician in any format in like, you'd learn when to, when to do more of something, less of something. Um, that's cool. And it's, it's weird. As soon as that red button turns on, it's like, Oh, uh, uh, shit. Fuck. You know what I mean? Like that's, yeah, when mm -hmm. the, that's when you really start to overanalyze. I don't like that. Oh, totally. Cool. Totally. <laughs> yeah. I, I tend to like the way that I, sound i mean i'm sure a lot of people would say this i like the way that um i sound better in a more off-the-cuff setting than like in the studio i feel like every time i'm actually in a vocal booth i kind of clam up and like and yeah. i'm overthinking and trying to like sing better you know quote unquote or just you know and that, and that those putting those restrictions on yourself obviously doesn't yield the best result um but the more i the more i do it the more i work on it the, the better i think i get at just like letting letting that go and yeah. and kind of like leaning into the fact that like whatever whatever i do is right or whatever i whatever i want to come up with is enough you know yeah yeah that's that is a really hard like spot to be in you know what i mean like when you're in the studio and you're paying for it. It's not. It's not the basement or it's not the friend's kitchen. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. and it, 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 now it's it's, a, it's for the label, and like the pot, the lights on. Mm -hmm. They're expecting something sweet and like rad. Right. And they're like, oh, just start to overthink it. But I, yeah, that's that's cool that it's getting more comfortable, and then you're becoming more comfortable with higher pressure situations, and then, <laughs> yeah. You know, it's actually it's kind of crazy because. I just went in to finish vocals for the new album that's going to be coming out at some point in 2021. And um, we, I feel like I usually am like going in for many, you know, wanting to comp a bunch of takes, wanting to like really nail a certain note, like yeah. getting, you know, really getting super precious about like what, what I want or what I think what I think the best take is. And with this newer batch of songs, I think I literally did two passes just straight through four passes of every song yeah. and listen back to one, you know, listen back 
two whole takes. I was like, oh, "Oh, yeah, that's it. You know, like, that's it. (laughs) There's, you know, which I don't know if that's more like, am I writing more in my range or am I just like um, entering an era of like, you know, a more comfortable sound? I don't know. But it was it was a good it was a good feeling, but also a little bit scary to be like, okay, we got you know like two takes of every song, and that's it. Like, what if I decide I don't like it or something? But um, everything sounded really good so far. <laughs> awesome, I, I I relate to that with like um, just being over like oh, no, I need let's just go back and you get so in the in the wood or in the in the, in the mm-hmm. you, you focus on the tree as opposed to the the forest or whatever. I'm trying to find the right analogy. Right, right. And like I think that says a lot because you're you've been doing it for so long and you know you know you're like if anything so I do music too I'm a singer songwriter mm-hmm. from Cleveland Ohio and I'm a music teacher mm-hmm. um, but if anything it's like you're learning yourself with this right mm-hmm. like you're learning how to express yourself you're learning like how you're saying what range works for you what 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 your style even though it's like not just you can't pinpoint it to one thing especially with your stuff but like what your general vibe and style is and like where you think it should go and that only comes from years of trying to figure it the fuck out and then when you start to get an idea and like start to get feedback where people like what you're doing is cool and you're just like Mm -hmm. i'm doing me like i don't that's super exciting to hear like that it can happen one day (laughs) totally and yeah i mean i don't think i definitely like think it's been a slow climb of like accepting you know just the full package of like being yourself and like what that comes along with because i I think it's definitely gotten me in some trouble yeah over the years in various ways but you know like good trouble like not you know not anything devastating Yeah, yeah but just like when you use your platform um to the highest extent you know, sometimes you you make some you make some waves that bite you can can, can come around to bite you. But yeah, for sure, <laughs> I wouldn't trade it. You know. <laughs> well, um, so where did music start for you? Was it guitar lessons? Was it singing? Was it a um, an older brother, a younger sister? I don't I don't know your family situation. Yeah. Um. Well, I'm the oldest, so okay. um, I'm the oldest, but my um my middle sibling Kylie. I feel like kind of influenced me more than I influenced them. Like, yeah. I don't know. We, we, have a, we have a really good relationship, but awesome. um, I guess I started singing, I don't know, like middle school chorus and stuff. I like sang Let It Be at the chorus concert when I was like in seventh grade or something. Um, and I took a couple um, guitar lessons when I was in high school because I wanted like a... Um, a vessel for singing. Like I wanted to be able to sing and perform without somebody else accompanying me, you know, like to be more like self-sufficient. And I I guess that was the only reason why I ever picked up the guitar. And to be honest with you, I don't think I really learned more than like the four chords I learned when I was 15. (laughs) It's kind of like, I kind of learned what I learned and and stuck with it. Maybe I've gotten a little bit better, but you know, (laughs) not not very much. And that's uh, all you need. You need yeah. one, four, five, and that six chord, and you're good to go. <laughs> totally. And I mean, like, my band, I'm sure, hates me for it now because my, uh, my guitar player is, like, super, super 
music theory nerd. Yeah. You know, he like went to Berkeley for music theory. Sometimes he'll just talk and I'm like, man, I have no idea like what even world you're in. Cause none of this means anything to me. It sounds like, like chemistry. Like, I don't even know <laughs> what you're talking about. Um, but I'll, I'll bring a song to the band and be like, yeah, I have no idea like what this chord is. I don't know. Like I just started playing something. The shape looks like this. Um, and then I have my guitar player, Fern, will translate for me. <laughs> just on the spot. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a blah, 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 minor seven, bad nine. I'm like, yeah, sure. <laughs> Add so. whatever you like to it. But <laughs> Yeah. It is, it's weird. It's a weird, um, like, there's the academic realm of music you can fall mm -hmm. into, and you can fall into this to kind of, like, figure it out, do it, DIY way of it. And there's no mm -hmm. better... And if anything, I think they're best when they're complimenting, like how your situation is. You got someone that can point the 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 creative aspect of it and give it a give it a label so everyone can understand it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my like first and foremost priority when writing is always lyrics, anyway. So like, I I, I wind up like jotting notes down either like singing into my voice memos or talking into my voice memos on my phone or like usually I'll like when I'm at a show or like at you know at a bar or something yeah. I'm like standing in the back like thinking about something thinking about like what's happening right now or what just happened or whatever and writing down like a little note in my notes app and that's kind of how like the writing happens so like the actual songwriting like putting notes to the words is yeah. like sort of an afterthought and then comes when I, when I have like a lyric idea fleshed out. So it's kind of like a being inspired in the moment, taking the, the nugget of if it's mm -hmm. a word or a line or a sentence mm -hmm. and like, and then coming at it later when you can properly reflect on it. Totally. Totally. Wow. Or okay. like I have an idea and it's like, you know, really like over overtaking me and i know that i'm going to forget by the time i get home so i yeah. pull over <laughs> you know that kind of thing and when when it's like something like that is it just like a a, a run of of lyrics or is it like a, a melody with lyrics um usually if i'm, if I'm like pulling over or if i'm like singing full on to my phone it's because i have like <laughs> a melody that yeah. i know is going to be gone if it's just like lyrics i'm probably typing it you yeah. know, which is also um, good to pull over for. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which I mean, sometimes hey, I'm I'm not I'm uh, I'm not perfect, but Danger. like I'm actually on the new on the new record. There's a song that um, we decided to do it after the fact, but the song came out of a voice memo um, yeah. where I was just like walking to my car and sung like a little jingle, you know, yeah, into my phone, sort of not really thinking anything of it. And my best friend Noah was like scrolling through my voice memos, and he was like, "What's this? Why isn't this anything?" I was like, "I don't know, because I don't have anything. I don't know." And he was like, "Just like he's like, you're already singing like the song is already there in that two seconds. Just write the rest of it." Um, so that became you know a full song, and then we, after the fact, added the voice memo to the beginning of the of the track as like oh, a little that's intro. Cool. That's cool. Which yeah. It's all... I don't know, because it, it's like, it's like you can hear, 
you can hear the, the nugget of the idea yeah and then where it goes you know it's like it's like seeing the at the pre and post now um mm -hmm. noah he plays piano or play, plays keys or plays bass yeah, no plays um no plays keys okay. and and sings. Um I got Krista Brown on bass. Who's your arch nemesis, right? Yes, he's he's hell spawn. He's <laughs> an absolute devil. Um him and I, I don't know. He's just like my my perfect nightmare <laughs> man. We have a we have a good running bit where we just like eviscerate each other. Um but know, it's so awesome. it's so brutal that every once in a while my like my dad will just text me and be like Chris is really just garbage, isn't he? And I'll be like, yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I love I love him. And um, what else do I got? That's I got awesome. my friend Nicole on guitar, and I got Owen Flanagan on the drums. Okay. These are my boys that have been with me since you know for since I started playing, you know, playing out with a band. This is no like shit. my original crew. So, so when did the it's pretty cool? The so when did the band start? Right. So you were like. You're right. You're doing. You're writing songs and playing guitar. And I'm guessing this is mm -hmm. like throughout middle school, high school. Yeah. Um, you... Yeah. So I was like solo singer songwriter for many years, just doing my doing my little Avery thing um, from oh. you know like let's say 2011 to yeah. 2016. Um, and when I went in the studio to record my first EP called Salty which yeah. a couple of those songs are on that um, compilation record. Yep. Um, when we went into the studio, it was just me, um, Fern, Matt Fern, and um, our buddy Joe Pomerico. Um, he was producing and recording the whole thing. And the session musicians that wound up coming in to, to play um, were just like friends of friends, people. I, I didn't really have any close relationships with the rest of the crew. Um, minus Noah. Yeah. So, yeah, they were just like the session guys. Owen just came in to play guitar. I mean, Owen came in to play drums, and he became the drummer. Chris only joined on bass when Fern was going to play bass for our very first show. And Chris was like, I'll just play bass. Like, you play guitar, I'll just... He totally invited himself into the band. I didn't even <laughs> really know him. Like, he was like, I got, I'll play bass for the show. And I'm like, I don't know who you are, but whatever. Um... <laughs> But yeah, it was a very like born out of friendships and the community of like the scene around yeah. this area in New Jersey. It's very like supportive and loving and people really I don't know, are like down to down to clown, down to like work on new stuff and all that. Well, that one that's amazing that essentially this the session band became your band. Usually they're I mean, like, Cool, thanks for this money. Good luck with that stuff. Like Right, and I like the idea of the Avery thing. I don't know if that if if that's a pun you haven't used yet. I think that's a solid one. Um, mm -hmm. But like a, okay, so you move from the singer songwriter into like the solo dolo to this full band. Now, before that, then like, were you hitting the mic nights? Like, is, is uh, Espresso Joe's a thing? Oh, Espresso Joe's, you said? Yeah, yeah. Oh my God! Wait, how do you know about Espresso Joe? I did. I did some research. Oh my God! <laughs> yeah, so um, it's sadly they're closed now. I think. I think because um, of COVID, like or pre. Yeah. Okay. Like because of COVID, I think forever they like went out of business. Um, 
but they had been in new hands since I was hanging out there. But yeah, so that was like my first open mic I ever played. Um, I'm pretty sure I played like, okay, so you know, like, sorry, that was like solo. Okay, okay, so this was your first. Yeah, that was like solo times. Um, I started those solo times, and that was like that was where I met my best friend Noah. Um, and I like thank my lucky stars for that often because I met him playing a show there that like I wasn't supposed to play. Play it was like somebody backed out. Yeah. And I was like playing Coldplay songs and not saying that they were Coldplay songs as if anyone <laughs> would believe that I wrote them. I'm like, yeah, the song's just called The Scientist. And then I would like play it, but <laughs> like <laughs> really just like some 16 year old crap. Um, <laughs> That's kind of awesome. <laughs> but yeah, the open mic scene from that was kind of how I got like my, my toes wet with the whole thing. But yeah. um, the open mic scene around town wound up being like super important to just like me performing and meeting people and making connections. And like, you know, the first time I ever played with anybody else, but myself, yeah. you know, was just like a couple of, of random friends that um, every Tuesday night, there's an open mic at the chubby pickle in Highlands, New Jersey, where, um, you know, they just have like a full back line for the night and yeah. people will get up and jam. It's not, it's not like your traditional open mic. It's more like a jam sort of jam night thing. Yeah. Which is like not necessarily, that doesn't sound as cool when I put it like that, but yeah. So I was just like playing my, my usual songs one night and a band kind of formed behind me, you know, like someone just kind of sat, like a buddy of mine sat down on the kit people kind of like started coming in and I was like, wow, holy shit. Like I, this could be, this could be regular. Like this, this could be what I do on the, on the reg. So yeah, I love the, I, I owe a lot to the open mic scene. And I think a lot of people do. It's like where a lot of people get their start. I think definitely. Well, it's a community of everyone who's trying to do something and like, it, right. it, it doesn't have to be good or bad. But it's just this kind of like, once you get up to the mic and you do your bit and just even that conquering of the fear and proving to yourself that I'm capable of attempting other things is such a big deal for right. a lot of people. Totally. And uh, totally. in Cleveland where I'm from, that's, that's where I got my start was Mike nights. Mm-hmm. And like the Mike night community here now has been so clutch. Like some of the friends uh, within the scene started this thing called virtual shows like right when the shutdown happened, they started these Zoom shows before anyone really knew what Zoom was and you would donate mm-hmm. five bucks and you'd get the link and like mm-hmm. all the money went to the artists so they can still eat through this whole thing and it'd be like a singer-songwriter in the round type thing. And mm-hmm. like the Mike Knight scene has come, at least in Cleveland, so niche and it bands together to do all this cool shit. And like, mm-hmm. th- so I, I totally understand the bond and like how important it is did you ever? Yeah. Do you ever host your own? Because I, I, I hosted. Yeah, you. I did actually. I am. Um, I had an open mic that me and my my buddy Matt Fernicola yeah. hosted for a few years um, at this place called the Inkwell in West Long Branch, New Jersey, which is kind of like an iconic little late night coffee spot. Um, okay. That it's like the only late night place for for kids. You yeah. know, like. If you're not if you're not 21, you can't go to the bar. You're hanging out at the Inkwell at oh, 2 a.m. like having insane. disco fries and yeah, yeah. Um, you know drinking espresso way too late into the night because you can because you're you know 17 or whatever. But for a few years, we were hosting an open mic there that was like 
very, very um, satisfying to my soul in like a way that I can't describe because, you know, I got to give to people what I felt like was given to me via having, you know, hosting that space. You give, make people feel comfortable and give them a chance to get up on stage. And we had, you know, so many people of all ages, of all genders, um, getting up on stage and, you know, performing for the very first time or trying a different kind of performing something different for the first time, poetry or comedy or what have you. And like, I know for a fact because I've heard from people and because I've seen it happen, like those experiences got balls rolling to, you know, people having, you know, music careers, recording albums, meeting all these people and, and doing these things. And it just makes me so happy because like, that's, that's what it's about for me. And I guess it's kind of corny, but like, I always kind of come back to that. That's no, I don't think that's corny at all. I think that's, that's why it's so, that's why you come off as like the real deal. That's why you come off as honest and pure with what you do, because that's your intentions into it. And to be able to give back in that way is so cool. Cause like when you're, when you're going to the mic night, you're like, Oh, one day I want to be the mic night guy or girl yeah, <laughs> person. Yeah. And like when you get to finally be that person, you're like, Oh, okay. This is going to go to, three. yeah. <laughs> like it's so rewarding and cool. It really is. Yeah. Cause then I've, you know, there's, there's been kids like, you know, I mean, when I was 20, I think, I guess I, I hosted that with Fern from when I was like, 22 to 24, 21, 20, something like that. Yeah. And, you know, 15, 16 year old kids that are like, I've never performed outside of my bedroom before. Yeah. And they're like totally quivering. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, well, like, take your time, do your thing. You want to do three songs? That's cool. If you only want to do one, no, pre- no pressure. Like, checking up on them a little yeah. bit, like being like a little scene mom. Because. <laughs> You know, somebody else was that was that scene mom to me. <laughs> but that's so important because that's yeah. like afterwards, like, hey, that was a good set. Because it is. Even if even if you don't feel like you did good and you're shaky, you don't realize once you do it how big a deal that is. And that's so yeah. cool. Like, totally. um, it's weird. In Cleveland, we have this place called Common Grounds. It's the same type of deal. It's an all-night coffee place, right? Um, mm-hmm. so at this place, would people bring in video game systems and like be playing like Xbox in the corner in New Jersey? <laughs> this is, um, they would have like game nights where people would, okay. would bring stuff, but that would only be in like the attic of the upstairs of the okay. restaurant. The restaurant is like a, like a house that was like re, um, reconstructed to be oh, okay. the coffee shop. But yeah, but go on. But so, okay. <laughs> no, I'm just curious now. Cause now I'm all, like all hyped up. I'm like, you know what? When touring comes back to be a thing, I want to find that place and I want to find all the oh. Cleveland things out of Cleveland and go to the. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. I like, I really do miss being cool. Like since we stopped hosting it, um, I have, I haven't really been back there too much. And then obviously yeah. the pandemic has, of course. has affected that too. But that was like such an important place for me for a really long time. They would have, they would have um, a lot of benefit shows in the, like the attic of the inkwell. So you'd walk in and there's like the, the kind of shitty old looking, like dilapidated main dining room area. And you'd go up like a really narrow set of stairs and you'd be in like the attic space where they would have, have shows and stuff. Sometimes we'd have the open mic up there. Sometimes we'd have it downstairs in the summer. We'd have it like outside on the patio and it's in a college town, but yet 
there would still be like old neighbors complaining about like <laughs> noise after 10 p.m. And it's like, dude, you live in a college town. Like, what do you, what do you want? Next um, to a place that never closes. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. Literally, this place opens at 7 p.m. and closes at like three, maybe. Um, they're just they're just like the late night. Yeah, you know, that's like after you, the bar spot or you either yeah you get the 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 trying to get sober enough to go home people it sounds like or you get the kids oh that can't i mean so, well well we would get you know the kids would, would come and hang there and i would i would go hang there before i hosted you with mike when i was like 18 it was yeah. like this is all this is all i have to yeah. do. I'm, I'm bored as shit you know <laughs> and but no around like 2 a.m there's a bar down the street that would let out that like this place is pretty much like a public safety hazard like People would be stumbling out of this bar with like one shoe, like screaming and shit, and they would come <laughs> into the inkwell and try and be like, you know, wasted and coming up to me, and they'd be like, "It's over, Mike. Can I sing a song?" And I'm like, "No, like we're done for the night. Like, Sorry, it's like two. It's two a.m. Like we're done with the open mic portion." Oh man. Um, but now you're making me nostalgic, man. I'm, I'm like sorry. a very nostalgic. <laughs> I'm like a very nostalgic person. I get super like. I don't know. I feel my it. boyfriend will just like catch me staring off in the distance, and he'll be like, "What's up?" And I'll be like, "Remember, like <laughs> the summer of 2017?" And he's like, "No, like, what do you want for dinner? Shut up!" <laughs> so I just get very like, I don't know. I I live in like, especially it's so easy now to like. Yeah, so there's, time. <laughs> there's time. There's <laughs> literally any other time. You're like, wow. Remember just like being with people that shit rocks right also sorry i've been cursing am i allowed to curse yeah no i've been cursing you're totally cool <laughs> okay cool um but i i i relate to that as well because like there you move through periods of your life and especially when like you can kind of track it like you're like uh before i had the band now that i'm with the band now that we're doing something and it's going somewhere this is great and like you mm -hmm. can see little things and you're like remember when we'd play that place and it would only be us every week <laughs> and yeah during it you hate it because it's just like a constant reminder that hey you're not really doing it you're trying but it's not going anywhere oh my God. yeah but i mean you're speaking my language yeah totally <laughs> and everyone has like those years or yeah. perhaps decades where it's just like all right eventually i'm gonna have to pack it up but yeah. for now i still love it so but perseverance will equal success no matter what. It just, it's that persevering that leads to it. And like, right. but there's a, there's something honest and pure about those moments that you're kind of probably too frustrated to enjoy until they're past. And like, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. I hosted so many shitty mic nights and so many good mic nights. One of which would go to mm -hmm. three in the morning and it would, it would be that you did the people that would come in and be like, no, no, let's play. Let's play. Sweet home Alabama. Sorry, but I don't know it. No, 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 no. You know it. You know it. It just goes like this, and they would <laughs> sing it. Like, oh yeah. I mean, we had an an unofficial but semi-official rule. You know, yeah. like if you were in the know, and I mean, most people have the self-awareness, I guess, to know, but need they need reminders. Our rules were no Wonderwall, <laughs> uh, no wagon wheel, <laughs> and I put a hard stop. To Valerie, I don't Ooh, fucking want to hear Valerie nice. anymore. I appreciate. I'm that. over it. 
every white woman on earth just wants to sing Valerie. And also, like, I'm a total hypocrite. When I was 16, was I playing Valerie? Because it's four chords? Sure. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe it's three. I forget. But, <laughs> no, you know. No, it's four. It's four. It does that A flat. It's <laughs> thing, you know. <laughs> See, you know. <laughs> you know because you know. But, yeah, so there's, there's got to be rules. I've backed up you're... so many ladies behind this. <laughs> Cause you're the ringleader of the madness. You're yes. like, okay, like, <sighs> you're like, okay, but it, that's awesome. We're <laughs> done with that. <laughs> Next, that's a good one to put into that into that realm of no stairway, no free bird, no wagon wheel, no Valerie. Yeah, <sighs> yeah. Even... See, like, free bird and doesn't even bother me that much because I think it's more of just a joke. Like, yeah, play free bird, yeah, yeah. you know? No one's actually playing. Like, it's almost funny if someone actually does. Yeah, play Freebird because it's like, oh, you're actually going to do it. Like that's kind of actually cool yeah. in a sense. But Maybe I don't know. There's just nothing cool about Valerie. <laughs> you're right because to too many people cover that. It's, it's way overdone. <laughs> I love Amy Winehouse. I yeah, mean, no, no, she's great. I'm not. A, I'm. I'm not a hater. I'm just a hater of that song. Um, there's was it? I think the Woods. Your song, the Woods. The progression kind of gives me a blue on black vibe. Like I don't know if it's. Ooh. A, you know what I mean? Like. Um, yeah. Um, well, thanks. But it, so it makes sense that that would be a vibe of yours. Um, yeah, I definitely was a huge Amy fan. I remember the day she died because it was my sister's birthday. <laughs> and oh, <bummer. laughs> but, yeah, and they were like, you know, it's my birthday. Can we like hang out? I think, yeah, my sibling Kylie was turning like 11. I was like, sorry, like I'm in mourning. I can't. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> I was like, I know I'm 16, but I'm gonna be crying about this for a good couple weeks so it's weird um it's weird when someone so big someone so famous right passes and like the majority of people are kind of like huh well i guess there'll be more t-shirts floating around and like if it means something to you you're like fuck no but like there's something not there i can't be happy if joey ramone is not in the universe anymore <laughs> like yeah, it's such a weird, like, it's those, like, weird cultural moments where, like, you remember where you were yeah. when, you know, XYZ thing happened. That was a big one for me. I remember where I was when Prince died. Um, what are the other, like, I guess those are, like, the two, like, that I think, that I can, like, yeah. think of off the top of my head. But. I, was, I was in Guitar Center when Michael Jackson died. Not that I was a oh wow. that big of, I, but, but I remember it, like you're saying. Like, that's, yeah. Like, it's a weird bit. Um, yeah, I was in my friend's backyard. Because it was 2008, wasn't it? Uh, with Michael Jackson, yeah. Was it 2007? I think. I don't, I don't really remember. I, was a guitar I remember being in my friend's backyard, like, in the pool. It was, it was summer, because we were swimming. I think, yeah. Wow, weird. Yeah. Well, that was way, that's way more exciting than Guitar Center. Um, <laughs> so the Mike Knight, like, it's weird, because I've met my best friends through Mike Knights, too. And, like, they're oh, wow. still my best friends today. And, like... It's such an important, like, uh, scene builder and culture and, like, pers persona builder, right? So right, when you, right. when you totally. go to this jam night and you got this band behind you, was it, besides, like, oh, I can do this, was there, like, they're really bringing these songs to another level type deal? Or was there, like, a thing that really clicked with, I can do more, even, with people backing me? Yeah, I mean, I think it was it was all of the above. It was, like... Okay. You know, Pandora's box was kind of open. Like, okay, so I guess maybe I was like, not that I was too nervous to get a band behind me, but maybe yeah. I just didn't think like I was there. Yeah. You know, I didn't think that I 
I didn't think that people would want to play with me necessarily. So that was like a cool confidence booster of like, you know, yeah. just having talented friends who like proved to me that my songs could be more than just a solo acoustic venture, you know? Mm. Um, and then, and then it's like, okay, well now I got to learn how to like play with my drummer, <laughs> which thankfully yeah. he's, he's an absolute angel. He's literally perfect. He's a human metronome. Everybody, anybody who ever comes to see us play, yeah, they're like, yeah, you sound great. But, oh no, man, <laughs> he, he fucking hits. I'm like, yes, I know he's mine. <laughs> like, He's not gonna play in your band, okay? I got dibs on Owen, but no, he—I mean, he we're does booked. play in other. We're booked other for groups, the year. Yeah, <laughs> don't go, don't go trying to steal any of my any of my dudes because um, I got them on lock. But that that does suck though, because like everyone's like, yeah, you know, I'll play for you, like especially when they're session guys. That's like their their mo is like, sure, that's what I do. <laughs> You're like, no. I'm just grateful that like we've it's gotten to a point with my with the band. Where they're like, I mean, I've always been like a priority for them, yeah. but now that it's like, you know, less of them backing me and more of like, we are, we are, we are the band. Yeah. We all write the music. Um, it's, it's been cool to like, I don't know, feel that, feel that energy. It's, and I think quarantine that kind of like helped us do that in a yeah. weird way. Because I'm not one, I'm not big on like band practice and that, <laughs> which is not like yeah. a lot of quality I love about myself. But, you know, usually like our shows are sort of, we'll have like a practice here and there, but yeah. like we gig a bunch. So the shows are practice. And when you're and gigging a bunch, we, like, why? Yeah, why, right. Why are we going to rehearse? We got a gig tomorrow. Right, exactly. So it's like, we, we know these songs. Um, but I, I was writing like a mad person over quarantine, like the early part. I mean, yeah. you know, like. March to May, I was cranking them out because I was just in that headspace. Yeah. And it wound up leading to like creative choices that we wouldn't have made under the usual circumstances because mm -hmm. I would write something, you know, record it on GarageBand to a click, send it to Owen, he'd add drums, <laughs> literally just like email yeah. him the, the, the one track. Owen would add drums to that, send it to Chris, Chris would add bass, and we would go down the line and it allowed us to kind of like make cooler, I think, creative choices yeah. than we would usually make where I would just bring the song to band practice. We'd jam it a couple times and, then and those there. would be the parts. Gotcha. So I like, and I think that comes through on, on the, the songs that we just recorded because they're just, they were just made different. So. Yeah. Well, it, that's interesting. Well, as a doing the singer songwriter thing for as long as you have up until that moment, it makes sense that you're like, here's the song do your cool stuff on it and it will sound cool at the end. But like in mm -hmm. this way, it's really, you can actually hear how much they care. You know what I mean? And then like, right. that's, that's totally. super empowering to have like, Oh, not only do I care about my song, but these people wanted to be sick too. And now it's like this cool, sick community collaboration of a rad tune as opposed to just like making it sound. You put your heart into it too. And that, that right, I don't know, that's right. super exciting, especially for a songwriter like yourself, like <laughs> hear that everyone's into it. Right. Yeah. No, it, it's, it is the best feeling in the world. And like vibing with these guys, like I do, we're at the point where like, they know me well enough to know, like my, my babbling, like 
the meaning behind my rambling when I'm like, no, like I, I wanted to just, I'll, I'll, I'll look at Fern and he'll be playing like some elaborate solo. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, but make it sound like bad. And he's like, okay, <laughs> like he knows what I mean. When I say make it sound bad, he's like, okay, so like add a couple wrong notes. Yeah, make and it like punk. make it fuzzy, and and then she'll like it. <laughs> um, but like that's a relationship that it it needs time. Like you can't yeah. just you can't just be having. I don't know. We we like speak our own language. Yeah, you know. And I, I think that pans out into like any relationship, like a yeah, a, a romantic one, a friendship, a band chip. Mm-hmm. What it, like mm-hmm. once someone realizes what you think you mean or what you're asking for is a big deal because by then they've committed this much time to caring and understanding what you're saying, and then you totally. understand them and like it's, I I, I I totally my bass player puts up with all my crazy stupid ideas. He's like, oh this is, fucking, mm-hmm. this is gonna suck for two weeks and it's gonna be fucking cool. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, that's so awesome. No, I feel that. So okay. When did Little... Well, one, I like the name Little Hag. I think that's really cool. I'm a little bummed that as a band you didn't stick with official Barbara Streisand because <laughs> that would have been super dope and may have opened up a cool marketing room. I don't know. You did your research. I love it. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Social media is bullshit. Like, everyone knows. Like, I mean, yeah. I don't know. I hope... I hope you haven't seen my Twitter because it's not really actually, I don't know. I like There's treat a... it like a diary, which is like okay. probably going to come back to haunt me at some point. But like, I don't know. It's like, there is no point to the internet other than like making like cool friendship connections with yeah. like mutuals. And like, that's what I love about Twitter. Just like, especially over quarantine, like being able to, joke around with with people has been like totally just like beneficial to my mental health for sure but so so little hag came out of like just the fact that like having like a putting putting like a cool face forward on instagram has always just been such a weird thing for me and i'm not very like good with technology at all, that, nor do I want to be. Says I guess the that's not really sending like, that's not tracks cool, and recording but... cool shit. Like I don't know. <laughs> it sounds like you got a, a fair grip on it. <laughs> I don't know. Every every time I like drop my phone again, I'm like, all right, maybe it's time to not have an iPhone four anymore, Avery. But whatever. The camera is fuzzy, but it it works yeah. for now. Um, but so that was a long tangent to say. I like goofing around and. Little heads is like one of the things that I kind of found funny at a certain point where I was just like, I don't know, it's a funny thing to to call myself like, yeah, this like a little hag because I don't really think I'm a hag, yeah. Um, but like to be a cute little witch is funny, and it just stuck. And yeah. then at at some point, not not even that long ago, maybe like two years ago, um, I was out somewhere in town and like somebody was ringing me up and they're like, are, are you a little hag? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, you know what? Yeah. I am a little hag. Um, and I was like, right, that's it, boys. More little hag. No more of this Avery bullshit. I don't like her. I'm sick of her. 
Um, and I just wanted like that, you know, were that you, level of separation. So you were actually sick of her, or were you sick of the idea of this group of people isn't just me, it's us type deal? I mean, yeah, I guess, I don't know. I think it's just like a weird thing with being an artist where like, if you use just your human name yeah. as your artist name, there's no separation between like True. who I you are as a person yeah, yeah, yeah. and the music itself too. Yeah. It just kind of all becomes one thing. Not that there's anything wrong with that. It just didn't really feel like me any like what yeah. I wanted anymore. Um it also feels like for me that the, the singer songwriter connotation and vibe was no longer what the sound was yeah, yeah. um becoming no, so yeah i don't know and then if there's any it's like, like a hard thing to explain but no get it. it makes sense because like when you when you're doing the group thing there's like this as lame as it is there's a business end to it right there's like a the, right. the brand into it which is awful and you have to do stupid shit and like send out mm -hmm. these things and like like, oh, why is Avery... She's my friend. Of course I'm good. Why? You know what I mean? Like, but... So mm -hmm. putting this actual name in it, it kind of, like, keeps you, you, and keeps this, that. <laughs> That's right. the weirdest sentence I've right. ever said. But, um... Um... It makes... It makes complete sense why you would want to separate it. Mm-hmm. Now, um... So... Taking that separation and, like, working with this group... Oh, side thought. Total side thought. Um, within, like, yeah. I think it's in the Facebook song. Um, kind of going back to your voice, your guitar player does this cool tremolo thing that matches the voice almost. I think it was, or maybe it's a, yeah, no, it was, it was the Facebook one. Like, I don't know, it lines up and it's a really cool effect. But these guys really bring out these tunes that, now, did you re-record them for this record? Or are these the exact cuts from all around. No, these are these. Yeah, these are the exact okay, old okay. cuts. Um, but yeah, that guitar tremolo thing is definitely that sounds like a Matt Frenicola thing. If I ever, if I ever heard one. Yeah. He's like, I don't know. He he really knows how to like add little tasty bits to things because he's yeah. just so good at guitar. It's like stupid. Most of the time, I'm like, okay, shut up with like being <laughs> so good. Like, like, can you be worse? Because. I want, like, a dirty guitar solo that, like, sounds like shit. That's, like, funny to me. And he's like, but that's, like, not really the right thing to do. I'm like, trying to shut up and listen to me and do what I'm asking. But, <laughs> um, remember, remember who's paying the bills. <laughs> but, yeah, like, he's got so much personality. And all, all the guys in the band have so much, like, they're just really funny, like, interesting goofballs. So well, they add a lot of a lot of flair. It makes sure. It makes a it makes a fun group if everyone enjoys doing it and they're all having fun mm -hmm. joking. That's like a, a welcoming mm -hmm. house. You're like, I want to go to that show. They're all cool and fun. Um, right. But the reason I kind of wanted to bring that up was like, you have a, I don't know if it's just you. It has to be a collaboration. But all your choruses, chorus I choruses, I don't know, are mm. super fucking catchy. And you layer everything in a really or you guys. I want I don't know who did all what. But, like, mm -hmm. the choruses come out as, like, all the, like, harmonies and, like, the little bits, like, the guitar and, like, everything fits in really nice. And, like, especially with, like, a song like Tetris, where it's, like, super, yeah. super kind of simple at the beginning. And it really, it's, it's like that singer-songwriter bit. But when that chorus kicks in, it's, like, full and it's, like, super catchy. 
Yeah. Well, thank you. I mean, I guess like, I mean, I really appreciate that because like the chorus is everything. Yeah. At least I think, I think most people would agree. Like don't bore us, get to the chorus. That's the hook. The hook brings you back. Yeah. As, as Blue Traveler once said. And it's just, you know, that's, that's, I think like kind of where I devote most of my mental energy Gotcha. I, I guess I guess any artist would probably say sure. the same. Like, this is this is it. You know, this is the most important thing. Um, but yeah, Tetris is actually like recorded and done in a very, I mean, in a very quarantine way. But yeah, like not in a very unusual way for us because I'm not playing anything on that song. Um, I mean, I wrote it and um, I sent over like my guitar stem and my vocals that I recorded into my like a little shitty podcast mic in my room. Nice. Um, but that was all, um, my, my buddy Noah, my keyboard player and, um, Nick Sebastiano of the band, another Michael, um, he produced and, and did all the little twinkly bits and the bass and, and the stuff that's going on there. Um, but that okay. was like from, I wrote the song in like, you know, an hour or so, whatever. <laughs> And then sent over the vocals and the guitar for it, and the, the from starts from from conception of that song to the release of that song, it was like two months. Damn, which is super so quick. crazy to think about because everything else takes such a long time. But that was like I was like, no, this is the song that's going to be like my barn on debut. <laughs> this song like has to come out soon because it is so like quarantine summer bummer vibe like i don't want to sit on it any longer yeah and yeah so kind of no it's that's awesome that's and quarantine has been like this magic shitty thing in a way mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. so many cool things have come out of it but at the same time it's awful and all these people are dying and everything's shitty right not to degrade or, or 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 diminish that but like on a personal level all this cool shit has been happening and it sounds like you're finding some of the benefit, like of of that time to sit down and do something like uh, recording this song and like your early sage massive writing that you went through. Yeah. And like. Yeah, I wish I wish I could have like kept that energy up a little bit. I haven't written since like June. Yeah. I haven't written since I wrote Tetris. I just like Damn. haven't been able to get a full song out. You know, I do like my little writing down tidbits yeah. thing. But I don't know. I just haven't like had it in me to like write a write a whole song. But that's kind of how I've always been. It'll be like I don't write anything for a year, and then I sit down and in five minutes, like something that I really like happens. Yeah. So I'm not I'm not pushing it. Gotcha. And it's it's like the input output theory, like Joe Strummer's bit with uh mm -hmm. you gotta take in the put out. Mm -hmm. And with quarantine, it's kind of hard to do. <laughs> like kind of. Right. I mean, there's plenty to do. Like, um, like you're doing school, right? Yep. Journalism or something? Yeah, I'm okay. doing journalism, which is very weird. It's weird to be in undergrad because I feel like I'm too old. And everyone's oh. like, no, you're never too old to go back. And, you're like, yeah. and even I say that's like, I, I, I allow that to other people too. Anybody yeah. who goes back to school, I'm like, oh, that's awesome. Good for you. Yeah. You know, it's never too late. But I don't, I don't afford myself the same courtesy. Yeah. Like, for other people, it's not too late. But for me, it's too late. <laughs> um, and I should probably just drop out again. But no, I just kind of wanted to, like, finish out what yeah. I started. 
um, considering I have student loans at the ass that are currently um, worth nothing because I don't have a degree. So was it always journalism? Yeah, um, I was an English major. Okay. I was going to Hunter College in Manhattan for for a little bit. Okay, um, because I was like, I'm 19 and I want to move to New York, <laughs> and that's um, and fuck you, mom and dad. And they were like, you have to take out loans. You have to pay this money back. And I was like, I don't care. I don't know what that means. Yeah. I'm like smoking Benton and Hedges menthols like an old man, <laughs> like doing dumb shit, like drinking 40s and smoking like expensive old man cigarettes. Like, I don't even know. But so <laughs> that's how, you know. responsibility? My body is indestructible. Right. And then, you know, only a few years later, I was like, oh, so loans mean... I owe the money back to Shit. Wells Fargo, the bank. <laughs> why didn't anyone tell me this? I'm like, Mom, why did you let me do this? And she's like, are you fucking oh, kidding me? Oh, no. You like, you insisted that you were moving to New York. And I was like, yeah, but I was dumb. I didn't know what that meant. Um, yeah, that's always not that this is anyone's fault but mine. But <laughs> yeah. But it's cool that you're trying to finish it. You know, that's awesome. And like as yeah, I'm writing thanks. in the, in the, in the mentality, because I went to Cleveland State for music therapy, which is kind of where I fell into my job now. I'm a, I teach at a mm-hmm. school for kids with autism. But, um... Oh, cool. Um, right, so, well, thank you. Um, so, like, as, as far as writing, like, getting in the mentality of, like, journalism writing, especially now when mm-hmm. it's like, well, nothing's real, it's all fake media. But, like, mm-hmm. the idea of being able to say something in a headline and gather attention, it's kind of like a... Mm-hmm. I can't think of the guy Whitman. Mm-hmm. Um, being able to write a story in a sentence, mm-hmm. like is that like type of stuff you're learning how to do? Because like that would totally pan off for songwriting, like a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I do think there's like in any kind of writing, there's like crossover. Obviously, like you, if you're thinking critically enough to like, you know, write good copy, you can you can think critically enough to write a good song, you know? I mean, yeah. I think they're like applicable skills across the board. Um, yeah. I mean, a lot of the classes that I was taking this semester were like, um, heavily news-based as far as like the political, yeah. um, you know, the election cycle that was just happening and yep. following Fine. that deeply, <laughs> which was not, um, some, which was not a project I was a fan of, so yeah. one of my classes, my semester project was to analyze the Trump campaign and, um, like, take notes from th- throughout the semester on like how they how the Trump campaign got their messages across, um, what tactics they used, blah blah blah. And I was like, I really don't. <laughs> the last thing I want to do is pay attention <laughs> yeah. to this, like, um, you know, in a in a deep way, and like write a paper on the first debate, like, how could I even write anything about that? They um, couldn't write it. <laughs> but, yeah, right? <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, like, you know, it's like any, it's like flexing any muscle. Yeah. You just gotta, kind of, gotta do it. And I, I think, I think it's been, it's been tough, but it's been, I think, rewarding. That's awesome. I was gonna say, I think any form of critical thought is very important, especially with media and stuff. Did you, what did you, like, what would be your kind of outcome of what, how that came, not to pin you on this, I don't mean to like, but was it like, 
false advertising, short phrases that stick in the mind? Like, are they not boring us and getting to the chorus, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Um, wait, I'm Politics. sorry. Like, I, I, I'm sorry. Well, can you rephrase that? I feel like I'm, I'm, I missed what you said. No, no, I, I definitely, like, totally, like, am over-caffeinated <laughs> and said that in a weird way. Um, so, like, uh, you analyzed the Trump campaign for this, uh, for this class. And I don't, I don't want to put uh-huh. you on the spot, so if you don't want to talk about this, we can, uh, whatever, we can cut it out or whatnot. But, like, in, you were analyzing tactics they used to get their message across, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what I meant. Like, like the Make America Great Again is kind of like a short, like, little bit people can shout, you know what I mean? Like, it's kind of like a right. chorus is what I was trying to compare it to. Not that it was a good one, Yeah, but, you know I, what I mean? I mean, I think, but I think you're, like, you're on to something like it is catchy and memorable and it sounds good at a first. Yeah. It sounds like you know, it means at a first something, glance, but even if it right. doesn't, but <laughs> um, right. It's like, um, it's like a pop song, <laughs> you know, in, in its own, in its own special, yeah. horrible way. In its own special, but that's kind of like the whole, like uh, Plato's Republic thing, right? Where like, they were like, I don't know mm. if you're a, a philosophy head, if you dove into that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, right. So in the Republic, he like, you can only do music at a Dorian and that that uh, uh, invokes um, uh, being a good warrior or whatever. And other than that, we banned all this other stuff because uh, mm-hmm. it inspires and you can transcend to a, I don't know, not a robot or whatever. So like, it's interesting to see like, music bits uh, this might be like a super music snobby thing to even say like or even to talk about to see music bits and other things like to hear cadences in comedy or to hear um mm-hmm. rhythmic patterns and speeches and like mm-hmm. i don't know i was just wondering if anything came across your your way of studying stuff like that um i mean i feel like the, my biggest takeaway from like that project and just like what I've been learning in general um, is that like there is a real truth to every story. It's just a matter of um, whether or not that truth is being told or being suppressed gotcha. um, who ben- or who benefits from that truth. Mm. Um, and I don't know. It's it's no. it's very disheartening because yeah. like the more it's like with most things where it's like if I really want to think about the, the deeply rooted treacherous systemic racism that exists within America and the the 400 years of this history, if I spend too much time thinking about it, I'm going to shoot myself. Yeah. So I can only a lot, you know, however much time of my of my of my day to like the. The, the crumbling of yeah the world because if it. I think about it too much it's just like totally debilitating yeah. which actually that sounds really bad as like a white person being like racism is too much for me that's not what I mean I just yeah. mean like you know the if I like think too much about the way our fascist president is um, actively inciting riots <laughs> and yeah validating the existence of nazis um i will never i will never find peace right so it, so instead i'm gonna watch love island and write my little song <laughs> and but, i'm gonna write to my senators and i'm gonna donate to mutual aid 
and just try and tell tell racists to fuck off when I see them in public. Okay. That's definitely one of my greatest pleasures is like yelling at people who aren't wearing masks <laughs> or, um, you know, yelling at blue line flag people. Yeah. Um, I got into it with um, an actual Nazi um, who I saw on my block. Um, that was a long day. But... That sounds like a long day. We could put a pin in that. That could be enough yeah. if you don't want to get into it. But um, the kind of the um, highlight, yeah. the beauty of it is like, it, even though, I mean, all this shit is super shitty. And I think a majority of the people are in the middle and realize everything's super shitty and realize side A and side B are shouting the same thing. And every and like, but where we move on from that is, to some degree, is you writing your songs. It's you being the best you you can be and showing people that I can do it without being racist and I can do it with without being sexist and I can include everybody and respect everyone's names and boundaries and origins mm-hmm. and still do this thing I love and share it. And you, by you doing that, other people can see they can do that too. Like as a teacher, I'm on this big kick of of, of, of um leading by example and like mm-hmm. that's how you do it you know what i mean right, and like, right how how a senator does it should look different and how blah 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 but so i, I don't discredit yourself and, and i think it's abnormal that you're 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 being I, what do we call it Pri- uh, privilege check checking you know what i mean not mm-hmm. not disregarding yeah but i also think it's important to like fully do you because it inspires anyone right. else who wants to do them to do it to the best they can as well. Right. I mean, I think we just all so cool. had this, like, big national wake-up call yeah. this year where it's like the systems that are in place do not serve a majority of people, um, especially black people in America, especially people in, living in poverty, um, people who are homeless um, or experiencing homelessness, like experiencing hunger. There's, like, so... You know, the more you think about it, the, the the deeper it gets, and the more you realize that like the the systems of of oppression um, and greed that exist serve only the point zero 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 one percent, and it's it's a matter of what you do with that information. Like, yeah. it's really hard to to grasp and sort of level with because. It's so just depressing, mm-hmm. but um, it's like, okay, what can I do? I can support mutual aid funds in my area, yeah. support my community so that people aren't hungry and people, you know, know their rights. People can organize and um, come together to heal in massive ways and to, you know, support each other. And then kind of bottom line, it's like, Look at the people in your community. Look at the people in your circle. Is somebody being ignorant? Help them out by yeah. giving them knowledge. Yeah. And I, think I don't that's, know. No, I think that was super well said. And I think it's important to help them out. I think a lot of mm-hmm. people kind of shun and exclude and get rid of the person. You know what I mean? As opposed mm-hmm. to kind of leading by example. They kind of push them mm-hmm. away. And like, to in some degrees, like if it's that's totally that's what you have to do but also Mm -hmm. like it doesn't help to push people away i think it helps to show them what to do and have those shitty conversations like right 
which no one wants to do. But right. We got heavy. Right. It, it is. It is so hard, but it's so valuable. And I find yeah. that like I do do that through music too. In like, I mean, I haven't always been like overtly political, but just like a bit, you know, a sort of founding. I feel like a founding feeling of Little Hag is like taking down sexism and um, taking down abusers and predators that exist within within scenes and like helping victims feel valid and seen yeah. and understood. Um, and there's definitely been times in which like that has been precarious or that has been that's put put me in awkward positions or um been i don't know been difficult to level with but also i know that i know firsthand from people telling me like it's empowered them or impacted them to like put an end to abuse that's happened or to confront somebody yeah um i've had people dm me on twitter like asking for asking for help with problems and I'm the only person who knows and you know yeah like being able to do that for somebody is absolutely fucking everything to me because there's been times where I needed that yeah and that was what somebody gave me you know I needed I needed validation and help and to feel um like I mattered and doing that for other people is like what it's what it's all about for sure it's like an emotional... I don't know, that was sort of a tangent, but... No, no, it makes sense. It's like an emotional... It's like a, a support mic night. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like, <laughs> when I needed this help, I went to someone and they gave me that help. And like, now you're now you're, now you're you're the mic night person again. <laughs> but with feelings yeah, and right. thoughts and horror, like... Um, except for bringing up songs or, or tunes, you're like, you're, you're, you're helping share trauma, which doesn't... <laughs> Isn't great that that's a thing that's being shared, but it it means the world to be heard, and right, I think totally. that's amazing that you people can reach out to you and do that, or and you can you can help them out like that, and like yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it it really is like I think it, it's it's everything to me because yeah. the level of community that I've experienced when sharing like a deep vulnerable thing such as like when i play predator there's yeah. a net every time i play the song predator live yeah somebody comes up to me after Fuck. whether it be a man or a woman old yeah. or young someone comes up to me you know in sort of like i'm standing in the corner drinking after my set and someone's like hey like you know whisper in my ear like i just wanted you to know like that really resonated with me and thank you so much. Yeah. And wow. like, I, I relate to that and you know, I've cried with people and, and people that I don't even know, you know, and like yeah. to, to have those, to, to be that person that I've needed from the world is like, I don't know. It's everything. That's amazing. Like I'm, I'm getting chills. That's so crazy. Like in a good way. That's it's so crazy. Cr- it really is crazy. Like, that, like, oh, that's so. I don't inspiring. know because, because it's it's. Thank you. Well, thanks. I don't know. I'm not trying. I'm like, not trying to toot my own horn. It's just like, it makes me feel good to to 
help other people in like this minor way that I yeah. can, you know? And then it's also like, I think given me the personal courage to like do things that maybe would have felt out of my comfort zone in other yeah. ways. Like I remember playing a show where, um, a friend of mine was like, we were in the middle of the song and a friend of mine, this girl was mm-hmm. dancing like kind of close to the front of the stage. Yeah. And there was like creepy drunk old dude who like kept going up to her and she was like fending him off yeah. pretty well. Like she, you know, yeah. she was like not, not deeply upset. And then at a certain point it went from like, okay, this guy has to go. Like yeah. he's being inappropriate, like was grabbing her and all that. So I just stopped playing and because she was giving me the eyes, you know what yeah. I mean? She was looking at me and I was like, yeah, okay. So I stopped <laughs> playing and I was like, Hey, don't touch my friends. I don't know who you are. You're old. Get the fuck away from her. Don't yeah. touch her. You and sh- to the back of the audience, I looked like I was having a mental breakdown Yeah. because nobody could see what I could see from the stage. Yeah, yeah. Um, and a couple people came up to me after and they're like, Hey, you okay? Because, I don't know, you just came off, like, really abrasive, and, like, I don't know, that was sort of weird, like, that was kind of alienating to the audience when you did that, because, you know, you were coming off really strong, and yeah. it was a little bit scary what how you behaved <laughs> on stage, and I was like, oh, my God, I don't give a fuck what you think. Yeah. <laughs> like, literally, I don't care That's what you thought of that moment, because that moment was not for you yeah. at all. Um, that's so honest and pure, know, though, that you can t- just to be able to take in the moment and take in the moments when someone reaches out to you and give it the full like the fullness it needs and like expect like that's like a straight uh, um, Ian Mackay Fugazi moment you know what I mean when he stops the thing <laughs> and he's like I saw oh, you fucking wow, eating I ice wish. cream like yeah, that's so fucking punk rock and cool like Thank you. Wow, I love to be punk rock. <laughs> yeah, caring is punk. It is. It is. Oh my god! And it's so funny that people don't see it like that. Like, mm-hmm. I just I I did a, a podcast with Bill Stevenson, the drummer of The Descendants, like a couple weeks ago. Oh wow! And like, uh, in the school I work at, like for some reason, the a philosophy of all, which is basically putting your all into it, became a thing, and like all the kids were. And they, you know, we all gave our all to doing the thing. That became the motto. So my school was like super fucking punk rock for no reason. Like, but, but that's mm-hmm. the thing. And when you say that to someone who doesn't get it, like, they're like, oh, you guys like to break stuff and, and, and mohawks. And you're like, that's not punk. That's not Joe Strummer or whatever. Like right, that, right. that story you just told me that you writing this song that resonates so deeply with people that they have to, they have to put, they have to reach out for the, the. The, the like emotion mic night where you guys can grow from it and the kind of like not to make a bit of it because I think it's super important and it kind of goes back to the mic night thing and I know I'm switching gears in the conversation. No, but, like, you're good. You're good. Um, it goes back to that thing where just getting a chance to play your song or share your experience to people and be heard, not not even mm-hmm. to be accepted, but just to be heard is such a big deal. Oh, I mean. I can't, I mean, I guess I've said it like so many times, but I can't over, overestimate or over exaggerate like the importance of that 
because that's where like that is the the pure sort of like vulnerable place from which all art is born all yeah. good art is yeah. born i probably you know like mm-hmm. when you can like get really real with somebody and like show this side of your show a side of yourself that isn't usually publicly acceptable yeah socially acceptable to to be seen it's it's the best <laughs> like another time the first time i ever played creditor I've told this story a couple times, but the first time I ever played Predator, um, a couple people were there that the song was about, and I wasn't expecting them to be there at all. They weren't. They were not there for me. Yeah. Um, but they were there nonetheless, and it was. Um, I was nervous to play it because, like, I don't know if they're going to like see themselves in this. Yeah. But they totally did, and um, when I said like the line there's a liar and there are sympathizers and you know where you stand. Yeah. I looked right at them and Fuck. they looked at each other and <laughs> said, Oh shit. And left. <laughs> and it was so fucking awesome. It was, <laughs> I would live in that moment. I would live in that moment for the rest of my life. If I could like, that's a movie. Oh movie. my God. You just, you know what I mean? Oh, it was so good. Cause it was like literally the power of music. Also, you're offended that you see yourself in this song. That's about yeah. bad people then maybe you're a bad person, you know? Like, it's, it writes itself. Like, I, don't, I didn't even have to... I didn't even have to say it. Yeah. Like, you called yourself out by being offended by what I said. And... and wow. That's... It was just... So, yeah. It's, it's crazy that, like, doing something like talking breathy, like, singing, or, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know if you had to compare, like, singing to, like, a... A, a, a raccoon being a trash panda, you know what I mean? Like if you had to put a funny comparison to it, right? Like just talking, <laughs> yeah. talking with a little bit more breath and on a rhythm, how that weird way of communicating is so clearly heard, uh-huh. like is amazing. <laughs> like, yeah, that like crazy, like scene out of a rock biopic that <laughs> you just described. Yeah. Where was it? Was, where was that? Yeah. at? Do you remember the venue? Yeah, that was it. Was at the Asbury Hotel okay. in Asbury Park, which is like not really a real venue. Um, okay. huh? It's sort of like the lobby of of the of like a newer oh, hotel in town. Okay. Um, but I was having a, like a music video premiere yeah. there a few years ago. Which video um, was it? It was for Blood. Okay, it's that's a good Blood video. That, um, thanks. Yeah, that, so that one's going to be like re-released on the new yeah. on the new album. Get real is too, um, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. That one's catchy as fuck. They're both yeah, catchy thanks. as fuck. But um, thank you. Because I've been, I've been um, showing my fr- uh, like I tell my friends wh- who I'm talking to. I'm like, check this out. And the, all my friends are like musicians and put that money in my hand. I want to watch the other band. They're like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That um, that was like, I wrote this song with my buddy Josh, who's in the band Saint yeah. Slumber, and um, we've been friends for like ten years now. Um, and it's always been, he lives a couple hours away from me, so we don't yeah. see each other that often. So when we do, it's always like a big hang. That's we're cool. always like, you know, having a, making a weekend out of it. Yeah. And I'm staying at, staying at his parents' house and we're getting drunk and we're hanging out. Sick. And this is one of those times, except he was like, all right, Avery, we're going to write a fucking song tonight. <laughs> not just get drunk. Stop. <laughs> Stop. Just like, we're not going to just like watch movies and talk shit. Like tonight we're going to make something. So we wrote the song Knock Off like earlier yeah. in the night. Um, and I was like, I was going through a really 
a really messy breakup at the time. So that one just like really naturally came out. Um, and then around like midnight, he started playing like the riff of Get Real. Yeah. And I was like, no, 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 no. I want to like work on the other song. Like, I don't want to write a new song right now. And he was like, just shut up because I'm writing you a hit. So just enough. Um, and yeah, that one came together. Yeah. Those, thanks those to are Jim Beam at like 2 a.m. <laughs> it's crazy because yeah, those songs went from nothing to written and recorded in you know a couple hours one night. Um, but yeah, I'm excited for Get Real to have its second life. There's a new mix of it that's is sounding so good. And, yeah, because yeah. the the one that's out now <laughs> sounds rad. So a yeah, remix thanks. of it's going to be like double rad. Um, can I? Oh yeah, the, the it's ship clean. the ship gears. Um, so I've played out in Jersey a few times, and it's a really cool. It's got a really cool, unique scene with a bunch of different like pockets of like, like cool special Jersey stuff. And like, mm -hmm. um, have you ever crossed paths with uh, the screaming females? Um, I've actually played like a festival thing that they played, but I've never like really met them personally. I played like a radio festival that they that they played. Okay, because I think they're like New Brunswick. Mm-hmm. And, like, uh, where are you relative to that? Um, I'm, like, an hour okay. south. Maybe a lot. Nah, that's it. I'm exaggerating. I'm 45 minutes south. Okay. Um, but, yeah, the New Brunswick scene is, like, unlike anything else. Like, it is the definition of DIY. Like, playing New Brunswick basements. Yeah. Is yeah, that's where I play. It's, own, it's <laughs> its own thing. It was really cool. It was a really cool, like, weird scene. Like, I don't know. New Brunswick was really cool. Um... So, in the in the grand scheme of things, like, because you're on Bar None Records, and, like, mm -hmm. where's that? In That's Hoboken, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Is that closer to you or further away from you? That's further. That's that's okay. farther north, um, okay. like, closer to New York City. Um, okay. Yeah, that makes sense, because they would go to CBs all the time. Um, yeah, that's more like an hour from, from where I'm based out of. But... Did Bar None kind of hold, like, a a place in, like, your, like, musical growth? Like, were you aware of it and, like, aware of the artist on it? Um, I mean, yes and no. Like, okay. I wasn't, I wasn't, um, like, in tune with, like, them as a label, but I was definitely a fan of a lot of the bands on their roster before, you know, before yeah. I was kind of, like, scouted out by them. Um, but since signing to them, um, Glenn from Barn and I remember going into the office like the first day that I went up to meet everybody and he gave me this huge bag full of CDs just like walking around the office picking them up, up off shelves being like oh you gotta listen to this record like, make, and made me a whole like tote bag full of um, different Barn and bands from, from days of yore and so many of those records like you know are some of my favorites now of like you know bands i've found more recently and just feels like a really cool thing to to be a part of that's awesome yeah glenn's super cool and he like mm -hmm. he's like as far as someone who who changed the scene and like did like a million things he's that guy like oh yeah picking his brain was awesome um and he like he named your record right he did he okay. did Ah, uh, told you yeah <laughs> i mean it was too good not to it was like a joke sort yeah. of he was like, yeah, whatever happened to Avery James? 
And I was like, that's too good to pass up on. That is good. It sucks because all the good things other people name, like Fern named when we were Avery Mandrill and the Man Devils. That's good, too. That was Fern. That is good. (laughs) (laughs) That was not me. Um, But, yeah, I got to give credit where credit is due. That was all Glenn. Nice. Now, is Jane, I'm going to guess Jane's the middle name, right? Or is that kind of like... Yes. Okay, Mm -hmm. okay. Actual middle name or just like... No, yeah, it's my actual middle name. It's Avery Jane. Yeah. It's got a good... Like a triple... I don't know. Whatever. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> so, like, have you noticed, like, a big difference being on, the like, the label? Like, is it make or break, or do you think you'd still be doing the same thing in a different way? Um, I mean, it's definitely been different, but also, like, I signed to Bar None in February. Yeah, okay, so right when everything then everything hit the fan <laughs> in, in March, so, like, who knows what this year could have been. Yeah. You know, we had, like, we had like big dreams of touring and all that um, going on, but obviously things didn't pan out that way. And Glenn is like, you know, a veteran of the industry, but yeah. was just as dumbfounded as, as anybody else with like, how do we, how do we march on? Like, what is the right thing to do right now? Do we wait to release stuff? Do we release stuff anyway? Do we like work with the, the newfound systems of, you know, of music community like are we going to be live should i live stream should i not what should i how should i present myself like all these questions that yeah are still you know uncertain it's just kind of like you deal with it how you can um but yeah uh, their support has been like insane and undeniable and um you know having people who know the know the industry and have helped bands you know find success having them believe in me that's like more that's so much more than i could have ever asked for when i was you know a kid yeah and my only goal was like can i write a song so like (sighs) the kid in my class will like pay attention to me you know yeah yeah yeah. um that's that is that's like next level like it's one it's a, it's a weird kind of like if going back to the Mike Knight idea, like of you playing by yourself, being comfortable with you can hear me and I'm expressing this thing and then like having a group of people be like, ah, now we're doing that. And then the next level is like having a person's like, here's money for that. You know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. like is cold and un like great as money is, but that's like absolute, like when someone buys your CD, they want it. They want they believe in what you're doing or if someone puts money behind right, the band, right. you know, it's mm-hmm. shitty as that sounds, but like in a weird way, it's the most like unspoken, like complete trust. <laughs> like I trust when I give you this money, I will get my burrito. <laughs> like, right, right. Exactly. Maybe yeah. that's a weird like, way of thinking of it, but no, but it is, it's just like validating in a way that like everyone deserves to feel like what they're doing matters. And not everyone yeah. gets that obviously, but, um, yeah, it's been like a total whirlwind of like feeling like I'm in over my head, yeah. feeling like so excited but so scared, um, like being like broke as shit <laughs> and like kind of unwell during this pandemic and like yeah. not knowing any, not having any any fucking clue as as none of you know none of us know what the fuck is going to happen. But um, I think like. 
in a lot of ways, I've kind of resigned the resigned to the idea that like control is not possible. Like, don't try and grab too tightly onto anything because nothing, everything is fleeting, and like, you know, yeah, you can make you can make definitive plans and you can watch them fall apart, or you can just kind of like go with the flow. And I mean. I guess that's like a super easier said than done thing for sure. anyway. But for sure, but that's um, like the that's the mentality kind of. I think that's what everyone works to kind of gain at one point. Like we hear that our whole yeah. lives, and it's like, yeah, go with the flow, bud. And you're like, but I want to play Pokemon. Like, mm-hmm. it's really trying to approach that lesson over and over again. Did you um with live streaming? I saw on on the Grom that. I think it was the band did a live stream for someone mm-hmm. like who looked like who had like a, like a tube in their throat or something. Can you explain? Someone with a tube in their throat? I can't remember. It was on your page. It was like a benefit for somebody. I the the picture I really couldn't tell, but Oh, oh, oh. oh. Um yeah, okay. No, sorry. Now I was talking. About, um yeah, we did um I did like a solo um it was like a a benefit show, like a show of they say Solidarity, not charity, in yeah. the in the mutual aid world, but it was for the Central uh, New Jersey Democratic Socialist Association of Mutual Aid Fund. Yeah, um, they had comedians and musicians raising money um, that was going directly to feeding and housing people during the pandemic. Um, it's all just like done on the local level, no hierarchy, no um, you know, no corporations behind it. It's just like you donate to an individual who then goes out and buys food and gives it to people. And that's, that's like, awesome. I mean, yeah, it's, it's something that I'm learning about. Like as we're all kind of having this social awakening of like mutual aid is one of the most impactful ways to help, um, help get people what they need, how they need it versus like, you know, clearing out your cabinet and donating it to the food pantry. It's like, that's, that's good as well, but there's other more practical ways of like actually helping people. Anyway. Yeah. So that was, um, that was a, a show for solidarity with central New Jersey DSA and, um, a comedian that I really admire, Steve way. Um, he was on the show. You remember the show, Rami on Hulu, oh. it's Rami Youssef. Oh, He's okay. Yeah. 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 But yeah, so Steve uh, is like a childhood friend of Rami's and is oh, on his shit. show. I love I love the show Rami. But yeah, so I I was doing this this show and I was like, is Steve? Is that Steve from Rami? Like, holy shit! Um, and then Steve um, did a comedy set that was so fucking funny, especially like despite how weird and like inherently not funny zoom shows are it's like yeah the most awkward thing to like yeah. have a zoom show you for know comedy? you, you yeah. have no audience you have no oh yeah especially for comedy it's like no feedback there's no crowd to feed off of there's no energy um steve the first thing he said he was like can you guys all turn your cameras on because you're making me all really fucking depressed <laughs> uh like looking at the blank screens like if i don't see your faces i'm gonna kill myself so like <laughs> please put your cameras on and he just like boosted the energy in the Zoom in the Zoom room right away, and he was so funny. That was like a really that was a highlight of of 2020 for me because 
live streams kind of suck. Yeah. Yeah. I hate them. To be honest <laughs> with you, I like. I feel like a dick saying that because like, there's so many. I've. I've. I've never regretted doing a live yeah, stream. Like raising, but... especially like a lot of them are raising money for important causes yeah. and like, you know cultivating the sense of community that like isn't existing right now so that's yeah. cool but at the same time like i'm not mad that i don't have any live streams coming up and i'm probably not gonna book any because they're just not it yeah no <laughs> they're, they're just not it like different they're different i mean it's... i think like artists have been doing what they can to like keep themselves sane yeah. and also as much shit as i talk like every time I'm like dreading doing the live stream because I'm like I don't like this. Like yeah. this is not, this is not what, what I'm about. And then as soon as I like, you know, finish my set, I'm like, wow, that was so much fun. <laughs> I miss my friends. You know, like it always, it always winds up being like a good time and tuning into other people's live streams and feeling like part of the community. I don't know. Yeah, because like uh, people, I feel like we've all kind of come out of our quarantine shells a little bit more probably more than we should have yeah recently i mean i know definitely like by the time the end of the summer came around i was like you know i saw a couple people distantly you know i like left the house a little bit yeah would like go sit on the beach with my mask and, and whatnot but but before that it was like what the fuck else did we have other than like looking at each other on instagram live and like <sighs> commenting on your friend's thing being like hey i'm watching um, yeah, cool. <laughs> i mean i don't it's definitely nobody's preference but yeah what, what are you gonna do it, right? it, it's so much <laughs> harder too yeah no I'd, i in, in cleveland i me and a buddy of mine um we fell into streaming concerts for venues so mm-hmm. I, that we work i work at this art gallery uh, for this nonprofit, a member of it, and like, so I don't really work there. I just help them out and make no mm-hmm. money. But it's great. Um, like we did the stream to keep it open. Like how you're saying, all these streams are for causes, mm-hmm. which they are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I mean? But like, back getting behind the thing and and doing the thing and sharing someone playing is equally as like, kind of a bummer as when you're doing it because like there's that like, yeah, the one guy who's pushing the camera kind of clapped and then like that's it. It's cool. Because yeah. you still get to hang out with the homies and, and play. It's like a, a fun, mm-hmm. funner rehearsal. Like, it's a more exciting right. rehearsal. But And it does feel good when you're done. You're like, sweet, we did the thing, but that's it. All right, cool. Right. It is. Yeah. Okay. I mean, there was, like, uh, we did a couple um, live streams and sessions that were, like, full band and um, were definitely, like, super fun and super worthwhile to like be able to do safely. Like, yeah, I love, I love my band so much. They are my, they are my sons (laughs) and like getting to, you know, like record a live session with them was like a highlight too. And just being able to see each other however we could, despite everything was fucking awesome. And I don't know, like, I I think it's better than nothing. It's better than nothing, yeah. you know, like just to I mean because there's a live stream that I did at the end of um December. It's usually it's a show they do every year, usually at the Wonder Bar in Asbury Park that yeah. uh, my old label Telegraph Hill Records puts on every year. It's called What a Wonderful Year and they 
do two nights of local bands and they spend so much time booking it, put so much work into it, get all the sponsors and make sure everyone gets paid good and all that. And obviously it wasn't going to be the same this year, but they put the same amount of, or not, if not way more, they put in way more work to, to make this live stream happen. And it really did feel like hanging out with my friends, you know, yeah. like watching the stream felt like, you know, minus, you know, minus the PBR that I would have been drinking in the green room at the wonder bar. It was like the same thing. <laughs> and yeah. So I don't I know. Mean, it's like, what else, what the fuck else do we have? Yeah. No, it's a, it's a good, it's a good second. You know what I mean? It sucks because it's different and it's difficult. It's a lot harder. The internet is a finicky thing and they're trying to get it to work. Mm -hmm. And like, I mm -hmm. mean, it's kind of cool to watch sets with my cat. I could never take my cat to a show and now he can comfortably <laughs> watch a show with me. I'm like, it's great. So there is weird yeah. benefits, but it's, it, yeah, it's, and like, like you said, it's better than nothing, but it's not the same. Um, yeah. We kind of pivot on, on this. Um, I wanted to ask what, like, a, a couple, like, reference not to be like who's your guys because i'm sure you get that like all the time like who's your musical influences mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. um can you kind of like these are more like a vibe thing if you can explain how they kind of relate to the vibe of the band all right so like um um spoons how mm -hmm. do they relate to little hag how does spoon relate mm -hmm. um well i feel like there's so many like spoon one-liners yeah. that like stick with me. I feel like so seen by them just okay. like in their simplicity. And like, so, um, and in general, like they're big piano and guitar driven okay. sound that right. like is dry. Like they, Bert Daniel always writes these like really driving guitar parts that like are stuck in my head forever and i think like the first time i saw spoon i was like this is this is it like this is the peak of like what i love about music um not that i like really knew how to describe it i guess but yeah. and i still don't i'm still like to my band or to my boyfriend or whoever i'm with i'm like hey can you listen to this listen to this guitar solo and then tell me why I like it. <laughs> and like, Oh, you and, like minor you know, chords, clearly. <laughs> yeah. Fern. Yeah. Fern will be like, Oh, because it's like got this pedal on it or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Or a boyfriend will be like, you know, because it's like harmonizing like this or blah, blah, blah. Um, but they're just like this most, the most consistent band in my life that over the years I've never, ever like, there's never been a time where I'm over them. Yeah. You know? No, that's, like, when you find that band and, like, they always stay fresh, I don't know. Or, or if mm -hmm. the, the band that's like, oh, I gotta write something. You only listen to, like, two songs. I know, I just gotta... That's, I don't know, that's a powerful thing. And, like, it's a good, like... Yeah, it's a totally. good thing to keep going back to. Um, That's awesome. That makes sense hearing you describe it like that. Um, yeah. What about Talking Heads? Now, I've heard you talk about Talking Heads a fair amount. And, like, if you had one record to go onto the island with or whatever... Or at, maybe I don't know the live the live Talking Heads record. You refer yeah. to them a lot. What, what does that relate to, Lil Hag in a way, or is that like? Um. Yeah. I mean, David Byrne is like. Yeah. The, the biggest icon of of 
of performers of all time. Yeah. Like to me, he just um, like embodies what it means to me to like be a character and like yeah. fully give yourself to like the stage in, you know, a lot of ways. Um, but yeah, like the sort of theatrical nature of some of like my favorite, this is probably like, I'm not trying to think of when I talked about talking heads, but it's probably been because Rogue's nowhere is my number one yeah. favorite song of all time. Like, I've spent enough time thinking about this that I can definitively say it. <laughs> That's pretty and, good. Um, I can't. I can't do. I can't say what you just said. <laughs> For any, you, you should. You should do it. You should yeah. drive yourself crazy one day and sit down and say, "What is my favorite song of all time?" And you're going to be like, "This shouldn't take that long." Yeah. And by the end of the day, you're pulling your hair out and you're like, "What is sound? I don't know anything." <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, so I think they they inspire me to like be fun and be weird. Um, they're so fucking weird. There's so many songs like that are just absolutely insane. Like the way that David Byrne sing sing speaks, or the way yeah. they'll just like have a bizarre breakdown that's like not really that sonically appealing, but like totally works. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're punk. They're punk as hell. Yeah. Okay. Well, in in that sense, that makes complete sense. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> awesome. Um, now this may be. Have you ever heard the band State Radio? No. Okay. Your song No More Dick Picks, which is mm-hmm. awesome. That mm-hmm. that vi- the chorus of the tune, like or not just the the progression, that's what I'm saying. The the guitar it makes me think of a state radio song, which is one of my like they're spoons to me. You know what I mean? Like spoon oh, cool, to me. Cool. Like, I gotta um, check them out. Yeah, there's they're like a rock reggae band, they're a Boston thing. Um but uh for me that was like the thing and I, I hear it in every other little thing right so in, in no more dick mm-hmm. pics that's totally like the vibe um mm-hmm. or at least progression wise not like lyrically no not right. at all <laughs> is that like i mean that okay all these songs come from a place that the of, of your life right and it right. got to a point where you had to write a song <laughs> that's pretty bad yeah i mean that's pretty bad i mean i kind of like joke about how like it was the dick pic that broke the camel's back because <laughs> it was like from a dude that I literally had known since kindergarten. Ooh. I was like, bro, I was yeah. like, I've known you since we were five. I'm going to shoot myself. Like I don't, I did not, I literally did not ask for this. Um, yeah. And I mean, in some ways it's exaggerating. Like I haven't received yeah. that, that many, but I've, I've, I've received enough, you know? Yeah. I, th- enough I think one's enough. <laughs> I don't know. And it's, yeah, I mean, I've definitely, and it's definitely been more than one, but like, you know, it's this like something that we joke about, but we yeah. don't like, like necessarily address Yeah. as a, you know, as a head on thing and making light of, you know, making light of like things that are like, medium upsetting or like medium like have something more sinister beneath the surface because like a dick pic isn't really that bad but like all of the behaviors that like lead to that and come after that like can be pretty fucking bad so like just using those moments as like inspiration and like kind of joking around with them and like making light of them yeah is definitely like how i how i deal with shit I think that, like, 
by by taking it light in a way and kind of make it almost comedic, like mm-hmm. that when you put it out there like that, that's like two sentences away from becoming a real conversation. You know what I mean? Like right, when it's right. in the air and everyone's comfortable with the idea of it. Not that anyone should become okay, like philosophically, fill in the blank, whatever mm-hmm. <laughs> not turning as a dick pic should be going anywhere. But like when right. you put it out there and you're and it's and it's kind of in a light lightly brought up, it can lead to a more in depth transcendental conversation because it was right. lightly brought up and like and someone can share a real right, experience. Right, and that's just like how I think a lot of people definitely this is something I do, it's like music is literally therapy. Yeah. Because therapy to me is like you take your thoughts and you make them into words mm-hmm. and when you make them into words then they're real and yeah. they exist because you've you've created, you know, an actual tangible thing out of just like stuff stuff that's floating around in your brain when you put something to words out loud. And then when you do that, you can decide where to go from there. Like how, how are you going to deal with the thing that's now real? Yeah. Um, and that's pretty much, uh, that's pretty much how I write music. Okay. That's how I write music. And that's how I tweet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My, that's, that's pretty much it. Yep. All, all songs are 145 characters or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But yeah. No, I think that's an excellent way to do it because you're analyzing, you're actively doing a psychodynamic approach to what you just thought. And like, not to, mm-hmm. we talk all the time without thinking about what we said. And I think it's important. It's, it leads to self-knowledge. Why do I keep saying the word like a lot? Why do I say but um? Or, you know what I mean? Like, why do I have mm-hmm. these weird things? And you don't, until you analyze it, you don't even get a clue. So that's it makes sense right. that it would be a therapeutic process for you, and it's cool because it's a creative endeavor, which sounds awesome. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a win win for you and the world. Yeah, um, it's true. But I think that's an like even like with the no more dick pic thing, right? Like being a female who's leading a band, I'm sure you have to deal with like a bunch of people. Like I have some friends that are female singer songwriters, and they they deal with the same shit, and we have the same conversation. But like dealing with mm-hmm. like the being in that position where you're like, uh, I don't know if they want to jam or if they want to date me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh my what, god, what? did you take that from something I actually said? Or did no, you this is talk? just I've literally said that exactly. I okay, well, I I don't. I mean, I imagine you would have the experience, especially like with Tetris being like the line, um, everybody mm-hmm. wants to fuck me, no one wants to see me cry, like. It's so mm-hmm. blunt and true and like it's like the no more dick pic thing where it's like it can be seem kind of comical, but it leads to that bigger conversation. Like, I, mm-hmm. I, I don't know, a few of my friends, I just we talk, we can't hang out. So we talk every week and that's a reoccurring thing. And like she's like, mm-hmm. I'm getting hit up by these people who want to jam. I don't know if they want to jam or what. And I'm like, I don't know. That right. sucks. <laughs> like, right. Oh, my God. That was like. I fell for it every time when I was like 16, yeah. 17, 18. I'm like, oh my God, this like cool older guy just like thinks I'm really yeah. talented. Yeah. And like turns out they're just like nasty fucking dudes yeah. that are, you know, which is like, you know, a constantly disheartening thing because then you're like questioning your value as a, as a person. You're like, so did my music ever matter to anybody yeah. or was I like just a human woman existing and like, you know, fuck. Yeah. So that's like a like, double. So, yeah. Yeah. Like this weird double whammy of like, so I'm only a human body and 
like no and you never cared about my music so my music's probably not even that good anyway like that whole thing yeah but i'm totally i'm totally with you on that now because like i truly do not give a fuck like if somebody does or does not like my music or does yeah. or does not like me as a person i mean i i haven't always been so like carefree i yeah. definitely went through phases as we all do of like yeah, of course. being more self-conscious but um at this point it's like the more offensive the better like the more the more old men who are like you know you should tone it down <laughs> like be nice like the more of that yeah. that i get the 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 that's how i know i'm doing it right yeah yeah, well, you're, you're, it's, it goes back to the predator effect, which sounds really fucked up to say, but you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You can see it resonate and then, like, reflect. Um, totally. Because that, that, that's kind of like in the Get Real chorus, right? Like, you, you yep. write nice. Like, I don't, that's, that sucks that you have to deal with that. But I think <laughs> what you, that, it's, I don't know how they're turning around to make it a positive thing because that sucks, but the music you're using in, like, you're making it's kind of you're doing the same thing with like the predators song and making it an okay mm-hmm. thing to talk about and i think that's what's important yeah. and like because yeah. if i hear about it from my friend all the time like when i was showing her your music i'm like check out that first line that's last week's conversation you know what i mean like mm-hmm. like that's bonkers. Wow. yeah you know <laughs> yeah so, yeah it's crazy how universal our experiences are you know like right i guess i forget who even said it it's like something about movies or books or something. Mm-hmm. It's like there are nine plots. Like hmm. there's nine different um, stories oh. that can be told. You know? I yeah, think, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm butchering this hard. No, but, no, but I know what um, you mean. Fuck, who was But that? it's like, yeah, there's like only a certain amount of um, situations that occur in life. Yeah. And like we're all experiencing so many of them together. It's just a matter of like how real we get about it. Yeah. Or... I don't know. I'm just not one to like, like if I, when I hear artists, they could be like the most talented and write really great melodies and write really great progressions and have all these, whatever. If the lyrics aren't like speaking to a, something deeper yeah. than, you know, like a superficial sort of emotion, like I'm so not there and yeah. I can't get down, which is why I love like, I don't know like the Rufus Wainwrights of the world who are like getting into like the nitty gritty of like a really specific sort of interaction or it's like, yeah, let me live in like, let me live in like that specific sadness, you know? Yeah. Well, I think that one, whatever emotion you're going through, I think living through it is key to like, either you suppress it in some way and it comes, it keeps coming back. Right. Like if you don't Mm -hmm. fully embrace, like I feel super sad today, and if you just shun it mm-hmm. off and you're like, oh, I like ice cream, like what, you know, whatever, like if you don't really immerse in that thing, it creeps up and comes back. And you, mm-hmm. I think that's the thing you just learn going through life is to accept where you are and how you feel and how to grow with that and like try to expand from it. Like in kind of what you're doing, find ways that in, in the long run help other people, which is so fucking cool to hear. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's like, definitely my therapy and like my preferred creative outlet obviously um and like when the other like comforts of the world that 
you know, we usually enjoy are stripped away. Like I'm a super, super social person. Yeah. I so thrive on being around people. Yeah. Like it, it really, it's, it's, it makes me so sad to like hang up a zoom call and like <laughs> feel that rush because I'm like, I'm so happy to see people. And then it, I'm like, wow, how pathetic am I that I like really just needed to like see a couple dudes for an hour. But, um, yeah, so wait, where was you going with that? I don't remember. I just like it's communication. Having having this outlet is is I don't know. I do it because I have to. I think yeah. that's like probably what any what any artist would say. It's like yeah. it's not. I don't like wake up every day and choose art. I just yeah. like if I don't do it, I'm going to be sad. So and realistically, nothing. Who would who would be like you know what I want right. to do the thing that everyone says won't work out for you, um, put you right. in very vulnerable um, positions and makes you constantly mm. judge your self-worth. Right. <laughs> and I'm probably never going to make any money. Yep. And, um, you know, any of my free time that's not spent working is going to have to be dedicated to this. Yeah. And um, when you're, you know, at a, at a smaller level doing like a DIY thing, you're your own social media person right. and your own PR person right. and you got to write your own fucking bios and you have <laughs> to write the copy for your press releases, you know, all yeah. that shit. It's like, you got to book it. You um, got to You got to like, fill oh, the bill. You got to. Right. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh man. Uh, I forgot about, I forgot about the real world about booking yeah, well, and shit. Oh my God. Well, like when you've played like a lot of, well, have you toured with Little Hag as much as you have solo, like acoustic? No, I've actually I've only ever toured solo acoustic okay. um, twice. Yeah, um, I did like a little Southern spell, and so then I did a full U.S. with my buddy Mikey Frazier. Okay, he's from Virginia. Um, yeah, we did uh, like a month and change, going okay. from Virginia through the north of the country down the coast of California back through the south. Um, it was insane and incredible yeah. and the best time of my life for sure. Awesome. Um, just being with a bunch of smelly boys in the van, you know, <laughs> yep. couch surfing or roach moteling or sleeping in, um, in the van or, you know, breaking down in the middle of nowhere, uh, in Missouri, oh. getting a tow from a guy named Rex, <laughs> getting drunk with firefighters at the, at the Applebee's <laughs> and closing down the Applebee's, you know, just like, Everyone has like tour stories that it's yeah. just like, how did I get in this situation and what is life? Did you play in Ohio? Um, um no. Damn, cold. Yeah, I know. Wait, why didn't we? <laughs> Probably because it wasn't on the. It doesn't make sense if yeah, you're going south. I guess it just, wasn't, south, I guess it just wasn't on the route. Yeah. All right. Well, when when quarantine ends. I'm, we got to find a way to share a bill here in Ohio. Yes, yes. Bring me, bring me to Cleveland. That'd be sick. Um, yeah. Damn. Yeah, it's so weird, and like it's weird. I was talking with a this guy Chris Butler, who if you ask Glenn, he'll tell you all about. Super cool guy, and like it's just back then you would you would think someone's gonna cover all that, and like. And it's cool because you don't have to worry about it. You can just worry about being the music guy. I'm just writing the songs. But also, if they don't do a good job with it or if they market you in a way you don't want to be marketed as, you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. it's so cool that now you have complete control. It's just a lot of work. It sucks. Right, but right. It's all you. 
Oh man. Well, Avery, thank you so much for hanging out with me for like fucking two hours. This has been rad. Yeah. No, thank you for, I was just saying earlier today, I was like, some, I do so many interviews that are like really copy and paste bullshit, like superficial, like, you know, like very just boring who are your guys questions that who like that then then like they lead me to give it giving boring answers and i like yeah. i i know that wasn't my best self that i just put out there because like i wasn't given the tools to like be funny at all but <laughs> so well, that that is to say thank you for um you know like actually caring and actually asking me interesting things and actually listening and all of that well, you got it. Well, it's I, very inspiring. Awesome. Well, I really appreciate just being able to chat with you. I really, like like I was saying, I really dig the record. So I've been super stoked. And I've been showing a lot of people. I'm like, check out who I'm talking to. And they're like, oh, okay. Oh, wow. So this Thank is, uh, yeah, this has been awesome. I'm going to hit the pause button. Um, okay. And hit the play button on another track. Here is Get Real by Avery Mandeville. This is uh, apparently going to be on the new record in a new way. So this is an old version. Dig it. Thanks for listening. This is Sally Hatchet, and this is The Witching Hour. Coming up next, we've got Avery Mandeville's new single, Get Real. Look at you see and see, I'm what's missing. Look at you see and see, I'm what's missing. Look at you see and see, I'm what's missing. I'm just trying to get paid for all the 